Faith community. We are continuing our walk through the New Testament. I'm with Pastor Caleb today. We're in Acts chapter 26, and we've sort of seen this like courtroom drama just Mm -hmm. played out over the last (laughs) several chapters of Paul defending himself uh, before the Sanhedrin, Paul defending himself before Felix, Paul defending himself before Festus, Mm -hmm. Paul defending himself, you know, before Caesar, and now we get to Acts chapter 26, and uh, well, he makes an appeal to Caesar. Okay, he's Ma- not gonna. He hasn't gone to Caesar yet. We haven't seen the uh, Law and Order Paul edition. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but Paul is 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 here, and and he's, you know, trying to to do things the right way. He's trying to to make sure that you know he's he doesn't bribe Felix to get out of prison like right. Felix wants. He's he's appealing. He's basing it off of the the legal legal structure right. of of the time, and and now. Agrippa visits and and Paul has to defend himself before Agrippa and and I think we learn that although he's he's willing to to do things the legal way he's also first and foremost about sharing the gospel so how does he defend himself before Agrippa you know what's what's interesting Paul's interaction with Agrippa is is a lot less about um, sort of the what happened, it's more about him trying to evangelize Agrippa. Um, at this point, he's made his appeal to Caesar before Felix, and Felix says, okay, you're going to Caesar. Um, that's done. That's where Paul's going. So Agrippa right here can't really, like, set him free. <laughs> um, what his concern is with Agrippa, Agrippa understands, um, he understands the scriptures. He has a knowledge of God's word, and Paul is going to capitalize on that to lead him to the Lord. And what's interesting is how Paul shares the gospel with Agrippa and his wife Bernice is he shares his testimony. He just goes through his story. And what's interesting about Acts is you actually have a couple different places where you see Paul sharing his story. And the reason he does that, that's how the gospel goes out. The gospel goes out through our stories of how we were redeemed. Now, I can remember when I was in the, in the Philippines several years ago, um, that something Pastor Noel loves to do. He loves to take missionaries from America out there on the streets, <laughs> and he's street preaching, you know, and you're sitting there, and you're this awkward white guy who's, you know, twice as tall as anybody, and everybody gathers around, and then he sticks the microphone in front of you. He's like, now you, right? You and you're like, I don't even speak Tagalog. But um, he, he would challenge me to, to do street preaching while I was there with him. And after I'd done it a few times, he's like, wait, you're not telling your testimony. Mm. And I was thinking, you know, I, I grew up Christian. I, I saved when I was six. You know, there's not much power to it. And he said, no, no. Your story is how you share the gospel. Share your story, right? And our testimony is about God's faithfulness in our life. It's not just the moment of salvation. It's our process of sanctification. Right. And sharing right. with people the evidence of God's work in our own personal life, what it does is it makes the gospel imminent. It makes it present here yeah. on earth. Sometimes the gospel is so transcendent that it doesn't really touch people's hearts. What makes the gospel imminent is when I share my story. And so I want to challenge all of you, share your testimony, share your story um, with the people in your life. That's what makes the gospel effective is when it's my story. Yeah, and so here we see we see Paul. We learned a couple chapters ago how he's he's living above reproach. Yeah. Right? There's, there's nothing that that the the other side can throw at him that that sticks he's like i'm i'm doing what what i'm called to do and and we see that the reason he's able to live that life is is the gospel mm. and so 
yeah, like you, you can't you can't debate that. You can't argue that. We learned this, you know, back in chapter twenty two that who can tell Paul he's wrong? Yeah. Like he hasn't experienced these things, especially when it's backed up with a life that stands out amongst the rest of the culture. Yeah. And yeah, that's that's why our testimony is powerful. And I think you hit it right on the head where it's also about this process of sanctification, mm. right? And this is how I'm living now. And you can see it. Like, yeah. you, you can witness how I'm living and how I'm interacting, how I'm going through being treated unfairly in prison for two years, even though I have no, no charge against me. Yeah. And the reason why is, is, is the gospel. Yeah. And as we, as we continue to walk through and, and see, you know, Paul's defense of himself and, uh, we see in, in verse 8, he says to, to Agrippa, why do any of you consider it incredible that God raises the dead? So something that's really important in Paul's gospel proclamation is this question of resurrection. And it seems like this is the primary hang-up that people have, right? Um, how could somebody come back from the dead? Yeah. How could that happen? That's a fair question. Right. <laughs> and what Paul's trying to get at here is if you believe in a sovereign creator— if you believe in God, and, and he's speaking to a culture that's not secular like our culture. They all believe in God. Mm. They're all deists. They all believe that there is a, a creator, and they all have different views of that. And so for him, it doesn't make any logical sense to believe that if there was a God, that he couldn't just say, you come back from the dead. That doesn't make any sense to him. So when your presupposition is that there's a divine creator, there's a sovereign ruler, it, resurrection makes sense. And so he's yeah. sort of appealing in a way to their, their own presuppositions. And if you believe that there's God, you should believe that he could raise somebody from the dead. Why are you so put off by the way that I am proclaiming Jesus as raised from the dead? Yeah, and it's, it's I mean, it's, it's as we look at the creator, we look at the sustainer who you know, formed us, breathed life into us, like, I mean, he, he created us, he mm. created everything out of nothing, and yeah. so, so rising someone from the dead is not, without, not uh, uh, an, an impossible thing. So in, in verse 20, Paul is, is talking about his, his preaching of the gospel, and he mm. says, I preached to those in Damascus first, and to, to those in Jerusalem, and in all the region of Judea, and to the Gentiles. Why does he why does he put him in that order? Why is why is it Damascus first and then and then going? So Damascus is first because that's where he first gets saved. And he wants them to understand as soon as I got saved, I started proclaiming the gospel. But then he explains Jerusalem, Judea, Gentiles, because this is the Great Commission. This is what God has said. And what Paul's doing is he's showing God is fulfilling his commission. Mm. And I think it's so important that we, we get that. Paul's not bragging about um, what he has done. He's proclaiming what God has done. And this is one of the things that you do when you share your testimony. Um, you don't share your testimony to make you look good. You share your testimony to proclaim the goodness of God. Yeah. And, and this is something that, that Paul's doing here. He's explaining this is a work that God has done. The only explanation for this is that God did this. And it's so important that we get that across. I can remember sharing uh, my testimony with somebody in college, um, and he's, he was convinced. He's like, no, that's you. That's you. That's you doing those things, right? And it's like, no, it's not. It yeah. really is not me. It's the Holy Spirit doing these things through me. And while I couldn't convince this guy, 
God is the one who's at work, and that needs to be a part of our faithful proclamation. Not look what I accomplished, not look what I did. That's not what Paul's doing here. He's saying, look how good God is, and look what he's doing. Yeah, and so so Paul does this, and he does it, you know, like like the the master evangelist that he is. Yeah. And so everyone gets saved, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. So we, we actually see um, Festus, he's like, dude, you're out of your mind. <laughs> Crazy. He like, says, too much learning has like basically addled your mind. You've spent yeah. so much time studying books that you're crazy. You're insane. Um, and he... Which is what like the guy in college told you. Right. right. Yeah. <laughs> he, he's basically saying, yeah, no, you don't, you don't know what you're talking about. Um, and you're, you're always going to have those deterrents. And if you, if you think that I'll only share the gospel if everybody I share it with gets saved, you'll never share the gospel. Yeah. If you think I'll only share the gospel if the majority of people accept it, you'll never share the gospel. No. Yeah. Um, you're going to have so many more people reject you than people who accept you. And it's so important to get that from the very beginning. Um, people are going to oppose you. People are going to hate you. People are going to persecute you. People are going to speak against you. People are going to say you're crazy. It's going to happen. Yeah. But what about the one? What about the one? Yeah. Right? Is, that, is it worth 99 rejections to have one person accept Christ? I can tell you it is. It is amazing <laughs> to share the gospel. And it's, it's, it's so obviously miraculous. Like right. when you're sharing the gospel with people and finally you have somebody who just breaks and they, they repent, you're like, this is so not me. And one of the things that convinces you of that is how many times you failed. Yeah, right? exactly. How many yep. people you share the gospel with who are just like, uh, nah, yeah. that's not going to happen, right? Yeah, and it's like God will often, you know, not save the logical person, mm. right? But it's yeah. the, like the most illogical, like, yeah. wait, whoa, what, him? Like, yeah. no way, yeah. that's crazy. Yeah. And God's just like, just a little reminder, it's, it's not about you, it's it's about me. Yeah. Um, Paul hits at one of my my favorite defenses of the the acts that we see in the New Testament. Mm. Um, in verse 26, he he tells Agrippa, these things have not occurred in a corner. What mm. is he talking about there? So Paul's saying, open your eyes, look around. Yeah. He's saying, you, you, can, you cannot deny what's happening right now. The world is being turned upside down. Yep. God is building his church. Open your eyes up and just look. Um, so what he's doing, part of his testimony, he's, he's appealing to the world around him. It's not his testimony is not just him alone. It's the entire church. Yeah. It's everybody together on fire for Jesus, spreading out, growing like wildfire, and it can't be stopped. You know, it reminds me even of what Gamaliel said at the start, right? When they have Peter and John before him and he's like, If this is from God, how can we stop this? Yeah. Good luck. <laughs> and and basically this is at the end of Acts, Paul's sort of doing the same thing. He's saying, Look around, look this this there's only one explanation for this. Yeah. Think about it. He's appealing repeatedly to Agrippa's logic. Yeah, and it's 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 a, a fascinating logic because mm. even isn't we see the writing of the New Testament. Yeah, is we see names are named, places are named, like very specific things are named, mm. and while while uh, you know Luke is writing the Book of Acts, these people are still alive, right? So if you wanted to discredit Luke, you'd be like, no, I, I went and asked you know these people that are mentioned, and they have no memory like luke's like go ask like this didn't happen in a corner right. like this is very public this is very well known and then yeah just the 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 miraculous life change and growth and spreading of the church is yeah it appeals to to that logic and yeah. so what is agrippa's response um he basically recognizes 
you're trying you're trying to persuade <laughs> me to become a Christian. He says in verse 28, you're, you're, you're trying to convert me, yep. right? Um, uh, and I like his question. He says, are you going to persuade me to become a Christian so easily? <laughs> and, and Paul says, yeah. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, that's my goal. He says, I wish before God that, y- that whether easily or with difficulty, not only you, but all who listen to me today might become as I am except for these chains. You see... Paul sees every opportunity as a gospel opportunity. Yeah. He recognizes I'm here to share the gospel and God has given me an audience. He's brought me before this governor to share the gospel. And so he's going to proclaim it and he's he's uninhibited with that. He tells him I don't want you to be in chains like me. Yeah. I don't want you to have to suffer like me. That's not my goal, you know. But I I do. I want you to be saved because I love you, because I care about you. Um I think that there's there's a balance here in expressing our our love to our unsaved family members and friends and sharing the gospel with them. Um, we we need to make sure that they hear it. We need to make sure that we proclaim the gospel, but we also need to communicate to them that we care about them, that mm-hmm. we love them. Yeah. Um, and sometimes just spending time with somebody without sharing the gospel shows them I don't have an agenda here. I just care about you. Right. I'm not trying to convert you so that I win the argument. It's yeah. like, I was right all along. Yeah. Like, that's not the reason that we, we do that. But it's just, you know, I, I have a deep concern mm. for you, for your soul, mm. uh, for your relationship with the creator yeah. of the universe. And uh, I think that's that's that should be our heart. Yeah. I think sometimes we, we get mixed up in the prideful side mm. of it. And we're like, you know, after all these years, I finally convinced you, like, no, it wasn't. It wasn't me convincing you. It was God, and and it wasn't done to win. It was done to, for your soul. Yeah. And so, what is what is Agrippa's conclusion? Um, he he's he gets it. Paul's not guilty. He understands this guy is innocent, and he says he could be released right now, except he can't be released because he appealed to Caesar, and so he has to go to Caesar. Mm. That, that's that's how the judicial system is set up. Once somebody makes an appeal to Caesar, nobody else can make a ruling now. They have to go to Caesar. Yeah, so we don't want to spoil the ending, yeah. but did Paul make a mistake in appealing to Caesar? So this is really important to remember. Earlier, Paul said he was going to go to Jerusalem and to Rome. Mm-hmm. He, God had revealed to him already, this is part of the plan. So going to Rome is part of the plan. Um, I think that that Paul waited to appeal to Caesar because God was revealing to him, you need to share with Felix, you need to share with Festus, you need to share with Agrippa, you need to... And, and understand what Paul says to Agrippa, he's he's not only thinking about Agrippa, he says everybody here. Because it gathers yeah. a crowd. Yeah, it does. Right? And Paul's like, yes, right? <laughs> and so he has all these people gathered around to hear the gospel. He recognizes... God is growing his church through my chains. And this is what you see often in the prison epistles. Is he's like, the gospel can't be locked up. And so him going to Rome, it's not a, lo- it's not a loss. Right. It's, hey, this is where I wanted to go all along, and now I got a free trip there, right? <laughs> I'm going to get all the way to Rome. It's going to be a, a pretty pretty epic voyage, right? It's it exciting. Yeah. You guys have this to hear about later. But God is using Paul to build the church, and he's doing it through his chains. That does not stop the gospel. The gospel cannot be chained. Amen. Amen to that. Yeah. So thank you guys so much for joining us. We look forward to seeing you again later this week. Thank you so much for listening. 